Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the sunny city of Los Angeles, California. Home of LeBron James. Quite possibly Kawhi Leonard. With the worst laugh in recent memories in the NBA. Going forward till next year. We got Vikings-Rams tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon here in Los Angeles. Uh, That's the first Thursday night football game on Fox. A lot of things going down. Still no word on whether or not Jameis Winston will be the starter for Tampa, although with the time ticking away, it feels like Ryan Fitzpatrick will maintain his spot 
as the quarterback. We're also keeping an eye on Jimmy Butler, who you may have heard from David Gascon in that update, is uh, rumored to be very close to being on his way to becoming a member of the Miami Heat. Give my thoughts on the Miami Heat upcoming. Clay Travis is going to join us because he's got a new book out. He's going to pitch us on it. I do think it's funny, the title of his new book and where he went to pitch the new book earlier today. Jordan Palmer is going to join us, quarterback guru. We'll ask him about the news out of college football. Kelly Bryant from Clemson is going to transfer. Feels like Jalen Hurts is going to transfer, too, from Alabama at some point in the offseason. But to Kelly Bryant using that new redshirt rule because he hasn't gotten past his fourth game, he can then go and play next season wherever he decides to transfer. A lot to get to. But Le'Veon Bell has still not reported to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which means he has not signed his franchise tender, which also means that Le'Veon Bell, though technically a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers, could be traded, could be traded from the Steelers. You want to know what's fascinating about the Le'Veon Bell, the potential to move Le'Veon Bell? Why anyone would possibly do it, right? Why anyone would possibly do it? What is Le'Veon Bell's true value? Remember, in order to sign him, in order to trade for him, you got to sign him. He's got to sign his franchise tag, and that's what he plays under this year. And if you rework a deal, it's going to be a long-term deal, and he wants huge money. Because otherwise, he'd come across as a complete hypocrite. But who are the teams that are interested in Le'Veon Bell? They're not championship-caliber teams, and it shows you the true value to a running back. You know? So what do you do if you're the Steelers? You have a depreciating asset that should be on the market at the end of the season. You obviously don't want to do business with them outside of the business you've already done and the business that you're offering him. And in in sports and in business, we always tell you you are you're worth what somebody's willing to pay you. And in many ways in sports, you're worth what somebody's willing to trade for you. They can't find a trade partner, let alone somebody who's going to give him a long-term guaranteed deal. The Jets might be that team, but the Jets know they have the leverage of being one of the few teams under the cap that could use him for a long-term future, but they also got to rebuild their offensive line. So what's really the point? It's going to be fascinating to see what happens with Le'Veon Bell. And if I am a team that wants to win, why am I even looking at Le'Veon Bell? The guy with the most trade value right now, isn't it Ryan Fitzpatrick? Makes almost no money, has shown that he can play, come up to speed in an offense, and hey, look. Hey, look. The San Francisco 49ers need a quarterback. Which, by the way, is why I told you that the Jets probably, they, they, Chickened out in the game of chicken. They chickened out on the Teddy Bridgewater deal. Bridgewater's value before the season started, probably that of a fourth rounder. They got a third rounder from New Orleans. Now, all of a sudden, the San Francisco 49ers have to decide, are we going to punt on the season? Right, Because these guys they're bringing in, they're essentially punting on the season. Are we going to punt on the season or are we going to go for it? And they could have gone for it with a Teddy Bridgewater. The quarterback has more value. 
And everything you're reading, everything you know, everything you're sensing from the league tells you as such. You do realize that we've changed all of these rules to help the pass game. And now we are practicing, what was it on TV earlier today? Safe sacks. Right? We're practicing safe sacks in the National Football League. You realize they haven't changed any of the rules in regards to running the football? None. Between the tackles, handing the ball off, the tackling is exactly the same. If anything, it's harder to be a running back because you could be penalized for lowering your helmet and delivering a blow. Between the rules, the value of the franchise tag, the value of of contracts, the fact that offenses are being built around the pass and all the quarterbacks are setting record numbers. Le'Veon Bell is a depreciating asset as opposed to Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick or Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is an appreciating asset. Hadn't played a minute. I'm guessing New Orleans could turn around and flip him for a second-round pick now. Why not? The Indianapolis Colts traded, what, a third-round pick for... They started last year, back up now. They could flip that for a second-round pick. Why couldn't they? Of course they can. So the story of the Le'Veon Bell thing is Le'Veon Bell, though an asset and a really good one, and anyone who's like, well, Pittsburgh doesn't need him. James Conner was awesome against Cleveland, and the only reason that he didn't put up numbers against Kansas City was they were behind. You really think they're 1-1-1 one, one, and one if they have Le'Veon Bell? Of course not. He's really, really good. I'm not disputing that he's good and that he's important and that he'd be important to them. But in the grand scheme of things, between no one willing to trade for him, the changing of the rules, the changing of the value of having a star quarterback, and even the teams that would engage in a trade and to sign him long-term, those aren't playoff caliber teams. The league is telling you what his value is. He may think he's more than a running back. But the fact is, he is just a running back. He's a versatile one. He might be the best in the league when he's right. But the fact that he's not playing football and no one's opining for them to play, him to play football in their town tells you all you need to know. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Man, uh, the Warriors are trying to reset the narrative. That's an interesting one. NBA camps are underway. Gordon Hayward has signed a deal with, a, I think, a Japanese shoemaker. Japanese shoemaker. Jimmy Butler possibly on the move. Kelly Bryant from Clemson is on the move and is going to transfer. And we got Jordan Palmer and Greg Cosell going to join us. But coming up next, where's Le'Veon Bell ultimately end up? Does he play in Pittsburgh this year? Or do they trade him? What's his value? What happens in Tampa? It feels like Fitzpatrick starts this week, but what about the near future? Could they trade Ryan Fitzpatrick to get more assets? Could Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater be on the move again? And how are the Chiefs going to protect against the league catching up to them this year like they caught up to them last year? Oh, and uh, New England going to do anything other than add Josh Gordon and hope Julian Edelman comes back better than ever? We got a ton to get to today. Uh, 877-99-FOX, 877-99-FOX is the phone number. At Gottlieb Show is the Twitter handle. 
Where will Le'Veon Bell ultimately end up? We'll catch up with CBS Sports' Jason Lockhanfora. He'll join us upcoming next. But first, there are job sites that make you wait for the right candidates to apply for your job. Not smart. You know what's not smart? Making the lottery the centerpiece of your retirement. But you know what also, uh, you know what is smart? Going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug to hire the right person. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply so you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiters rank number one by employers in the U.S. Now, this rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. Right now, you can get ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. That's Z-I-P-R-E-C-U-R-I-T-E-R, ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug, ZipRecruiter the smartest way to hire. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Get rewarded with Snapshot from Progressive. It's simple. Plug in Snapshot, drive, and earn discounts for safe driving. Save more at Progressive.com or call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Jason Lockhamfora is our guest. He works for CBS Sports. He's their NFL insider. Man, he knows a ton about what's going on inside the National Football League. Fitzmagic keeping his job in Tampa for now? I would be stunned if he's not, Doug. I mean, everything I heard coming out of that building last week was, um, even if Ryan Fitzpatrick had played a, a poor game, it was going to be very difficult to make that switch, given the, the sort of collateral he's built up there, given the sentiment in the locker room, given the way the offense was coming, and given a very short week against the big San Diego defense and a guy coming in who hasn't practiced in, you know, over three weeks. That's, you know, it, it would have been a lot to ask under normal circumstances. And there's some in the Bucks organization, it felt like when the schedule came out, that the league almost kind of, you know, kicked them at the end of that suspension with the way the schedule worked with the, the Monday night game. But, you know, it was a home Monday instead of a road, which which makes it easier and, and, and eliminates, you know, some of the time lost. But regardless, yeah, I can't imagine he's making that change, you know, and then I think they have to buy, and then I was told it would be a week-to-week scenario after that. Uh, but this thing's not going to last forever with Fitzpatrick, but I didn't get the sense that anybody in that building was looking to kill it before it, you know, died a natural death. Um, okay, so how how long is his rope? Like, I, I'm with you. I, I think ultimately Jameis gets his job back, but after three interceptions and losing at home for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you don't get it back. What what does signify him getting his job back? Well, I, I mean, I don't think – I don't know how he graded out there in, internally, but talking to people who watched that game and people who looked at it a little bit on film, then it looked like a you know, receiver broke a round off of one, another one was deflected, uh, and his second half was, was pretty – was pretty sterling, and if they put the ball back in his hands one more time, or they give him a chance on fourth down instead of punting, you know, I, I don't know that he'd say he's, he's the reason they lost that game. And and with the state of their defense, um, especially when they come up against better offenses, there's some pretty darn good offenses in their very division. You know, I, I think they're going to need to score points, and they're going to need to score points quickly. And they showed the ability to do that with Fitzpatrick, even without a run game. So. I mean, Jameis will end up starting more games than Fitzpatrick. I, I can't imagine he does it. This isn't going to be, you know, a reverse Dak Prescott, Tony Romo. But I, I you know, I, I think it's going to take a 
a poor outing from Fitzpatrick or, you know, a, a regression, which is, go- again, it's going to happen for them to turn it over. And then once they do, it's not going to be like, oh, uh, we, you know, we're breathing down Jameis's neck. They're going to give Jameis every opportunity to show he's somebody on the field and off worthy of paying real quarterback money to. But, again, he, he's going to have to show that. Jason Lacanfora joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. People are being very vocal about the uh, about the roughing the passer rules. What are you hearing from inside NFL circles about adjustments that officials are going to make? Um, I don't think we're going to see any over-tangible changes, Doug. Uh, they're wedded to the idea of protecting these players at, you know, basically all costs and, and keeping the, as many quarterbacks as possible upright. And they saw what the injuries did to the league last year and the quality of play and everything else. So um, I don't think we're going to see a conference call next week and then all of a sudden they change a bunch of rules or they come out and say, we're just going to interpret this differently. Now, will there be some subtle messages sent internally to certain officiating crews? That wouldn't shock me. But I don't think we're in for a seismic change. And there's a hope at you know, Park Avenue that, look, the more the sample size grows, the less this is going to stand out. And, look, the helmet thing is what everybody was freaking out about. And now nobody's even talking about it. Yeah. So fingers crossed, you know, fingers crossed, squint real hard. Maybe by week seven, you know, this isn't an Achilles heel either. Jason Lockhamfora joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Circling back to Tampa. Niners lose Jimmy Garoppolo. How come they haven't reached out either to Tampa or, or even to New Orleans about Teddy Bridgewater? I, I mean, I, I think look at last year. Even when they got Garoppolo, how long he sat right? Because Kyle's running some intricate stuff, and they want to make sure a guy is uber ready before they do anything. And I mean, at what point? You know, do you stop, I don't want to say throwing money down a pit, but, like, let's be real now, right? They lost their running back. They lost their quarterback. There's going to be more injuries, unfortunately. That's the nature of the beast. And as much as there was a lot of hype about this team, I don't know that this team internally thought they were winning a Super Bowl this year. So I think at some point you kind of live to fight another day. You protect those future assets that you think can really help you. And they drafted C.J. Beathard for a reason, and, I heard a lot of Kirk Cousins coming out of that building even before they drafted C.J. Beth about Bethard. And we saw what Kyle did with Cousins, right? He, he made more guaranteed money than anybody in the history of the game. And nobody saw that coming when he was a fourth-round pick. So I, I think their, their feeling is, and in fact I know their feeling is, okay, let's see what we have here. If we can cultivate this and he makes 12, 13 starts and he looks the part, then – Maybe we found the perfect backup system guy, which has an innate value when quarterbacks make as much as they do. Or there's not going to be five quarterbacks in the first round next year. There's not going to be three, you know, three playoff quarterbacks aren't going to be traded or dumped by their old team. There's not going to be that carousel. And if this, this kid might be, you know, it might be him and Tyrod Taylor and not a whole lot else. So maybe we get more for him than we thought we could. So I expect them to go that route. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of Jason Lockhamfora. You mentioned Kirk Cousins. The Minnesota Vikings with an absolute dud at home to the Buffalo Bills. Short week, they turn around. They're already in L.A. They play tomorrow night, first uh, Thursday night game on Fox. And they're taking on a Rams team that's not going to have their starting corners. Yeah. And it's it seems, it would seem, 
like a golden opportunity to right the ship. Have they figured out what the hell went wrong against Buffalo? I just think you know things happen. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I don't, I don't know that you could explain it. I, I never saw it coming, and and they got destroyed. It wasn't a fluke. It wasn't trick plays. It wasn't a fake punt. They got their butts whipped from the first snap darn near to the last, and to lose by that margin to a team that seemed incapable of playing competitive football against bad teams, much less a Super Bowl favorite. I, I don't know what to make of it, and I don't know that they've figured out what to make of it other than we, we better shed that skin pretty quickly and show our best selves on Thursday night. It, it's, a, it's a weird situation. Short week, um, you know, Rams in a primetime spot, which that's still somewhat new to them, and um, it should be a decent atmosphere for that game. And the Rams don't have any corners, and the Vikings don't have any offensive linemen. And I, you know, I'm interested to see how all that plays out in the wash. I don't, I don't, I'd be lying if I said I have a great feeling about this game. And if you look at my picks against the spread, you should do the opposite of whatever I say um, <laughs> the last couple of weeks. But it, it's an intriguing matchup, and my hunch is, as much as we think of these two teams as defensive teams, that because of the the state of play and the short week and all the injuries, I wonder if it's a little more back and forth than you might normally expect, say, if these two teams are at full strength and they meet in the playoffs. Where are we with Le'Veon Bell? I don't ever see him playing for the Steelers again. I think that ship has sailed, and um, they're not in a hurry to trade him because he can't get hurt when he's not playing. At least, you know, he can't get football-related injuries, and they're not paying him anything. So, you know, we talk about injuries this time of year as much as anything, and sadly, it's a league of attrition, and you know, there's going to be more good teams that lose their running back. And they've got until after week eight to trade them. And, you know, there's been teams nibbling, and, and they expect that to increase over time. So I don't see a scenario where the Rooney family feels comfortable bringing him back into that locker room, paying him what the franchise tag requires them to pay, and then keeping their fingers crossed that he stays healthy, you know, that, that there, there isn't, that he, doesn't, he hasn't done anything down there in South Beach that comes back to bite him. And, and then there's just the potential of disrupting that locker room. I don't see him back there. How did it go so bad? How did it go from franchise tag, offer him an extension, to all of a sudden he's persona non grata, and we don't even want him for however long he's co- he wants to come back? Well, I mean, they look, I think if Mike Tomlin's anything, he's, he's a player's coach almost to a fault. And when you had players and multiple players and heart and soul offensive linemen coming out and ripping the guy publicly, that's, that's highly, highly, highly unusual in any professional sport. I can't remember then, it ever happening in the NFL. Can you? No, I don't, I don't recall anything close to it. Where basically the whole offensive line stood up and said, bleep this guy. He lied to us. He told us he was coming back. You know, his, now his agent's running around on every media network doing a, a t- promotional tour. You know, this is, this is baloney. This is publicity stuff. So when that happens, and then you have more turmoil on top of it, and he's tweeting out pictures on a Monday when everybody's in there getting rehab, right? And they're beat up from the day before, and he's on a boat, and he's tweeting that out. And management keeps going to ownership saying, hey, you know, I know that we're old school, and we don't want to reward his behavior, and I get all that, but we don't even know that he'd be good for us right now on a, just an emotional level. Eventually, you know, the ownership over the weekend said, okay, when people call, you don't have to tell them that he, he, that we're not trading him anymore. You could tell them. You know, hey, we're open to it at the right price, and that was the sort of the momentum shift. And it was, it was, you know, the rip, the players ripping him, and then a week later, 
what he put on social media and the timing of what he put stuff on social media, it, it just rubbed people there the, the wrong way to the point where they're like, we're better off without him than with him. The Patriots, um, no, no one wants to call them dead, right? No one wants to say it's over. Like, well, we've been here before, but it has not looked good. Even the win against the Texans, like, like their one wins against a winless team, yeah. it wasn't terribly impressive. I know it's only September. I know they don't have Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon wasn't up to speed, but there just seems to be a lot of issues, mostly just issues of talent surrounding Tom Brady and Rob yeah. Gronkowski and talent on the defensive side. Can it be fixed? I still think so because ultimately I think if, if there's one thing that's defined their dynasty, it's that sometimes it's better to be smart than to be good. And Belichick hasn't gotten any dumber, and McDaniels hasn't gotten any dumber, and Brady hasn't gotten any dumber. And I think that they're, all, they're shapeshifters, and they're not stuck in their ways, and they're always willing to reinvent themselves. And I think this is the, the biggest challenge they've faced yet, but I can remember – a few years back when Gronk went down early in the year and they were like one and three or having a slow start and Brady didn't have anybody to throw the ball to, um, you know, and then they end up just throwing like 50 passes to running backs every week. Like it, it, it's not easy and your margins are slim. And, and you know what though, look at their last two Super Bowl rosters. It wasn't exactly um, murderers row. Right. You know, they, they've lacked for, they haven't had a natural pass rusher since they traded Chandler Jones. Um, you know, the, the skill stuff, I mean, Look at Tom Brady's the 10 guys who caught the most balls for him. Ben Watson's still on that list. And how long has he been gone? You know what I mean? Kevin Falk is still on that list. How long has he been gone? He hasn't had a whole lot around him. And if Edelman stays healthy, that's huge because what he does in the slot, Gronk's not beating anybody with any sort of speed or range anymore. It's just about catch radius and then rumbling through people after the catch. And if you have to pay a little less attention to him, that's going to be enough, I think, to at least get him back in the game plan um, and make him viable on Sunday. So we'll see. Um, I, I still can't write him off. I probably wouldn't write him off either, but, man, it has not has not looked good. How safe is Bill O'Brien? I mean, he's safe now. I mean, they just handed him the entire building. You know, he basically picked the GM. He won, you know, the, the, the long war down there with Rick Smith, and he got a big extension. Um, so I don't see them doing anything right away, but I also don't see them beating the Colts this week. And you start getting 05-06, crazy things happen in this league. And I guess the one mitigating factor is it's not like this is a, a guy at the end of his career who, you know, like a Rex Ryan, where he, okay, he's just going to go to the booth and you're going to be paying this guy a lot of money for a long time. This guy is young, he's going to want to win, and he'll have college you know, opportunities, if not pro. So they'll be big offsets. It's not like you're going to pay him all that money to leave. So I, I I don't think it gets to the point where they fire him in season. But major questions if this continues, I think about who leads Deshaun Watson into the future and what their brain trust looks like in 2019. If this if they continue, you know losing three out of every four games or whatever it turns out to be this year. Earl Thomas ends up in Atlanta, in Kansas City, or they just ride it out in Seattle. I, I, I mean, I, I think he gets traded. I've thought all along he gets traded. Um, it could be a team that hasn't suffered that safety injury just yet. Um, you know, I don't know that Dallas stays, stays viable enough in the standings that they actually take that salary on. I think that they may be so bad that even Jerry Jones can't cheerlead 
Um, the fact that we're an Earl Thomas away from, you know, going somewhere in the postseason. You know, Kansas City's a possibility. I, I think, I mean, Pittsburgh's been sniffing around on them forever. They never thought they could fit them in their pay structure. But you know what? If you trade the running back to those guys, all of a sudden, you've got the cap space and the cash. So, you know, that would make a lot of sense as well, given the state of Pittsburgh's pass defense. Jason Lockham for Read his stuff at CBSSports.com. Follow him on Twitter and watch him on CBS Sports. Jason, incredible insight. Thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure, buddy. Anytime. Now's a fantastic time to buy a new Honda. Visit ShopHonda.com or visit your local Honda dealer today. Let's get you to the gas, man. David Gascon joins us. No, it's me, Doug. It's Dan. Oh, it's you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so confused by the multiple <laughs> updates in my ear. It's all right. My bad, buyer. It's all good. That's all right. Don't worry. Don't buy it. What do you got? Uh, a lot of people would rather have Dave than me here oh, in the chair. It's okay. Oh, it's okay. Feelers are, are, am I in your feelings? No, no. I, I didn't say. I, if I would have said you would have rather had Dave in this chair, I would have said you would rather. But I was just. Representative Buyer of just, Virginia. Just, uh, you know, maybe others are like, you know, let's get Dan out of there. He's an idiot. Uh, especially when he makes bad fantasy picks like I sometimes do Sunday mornings. Anyway, I can tell you this. If you have LaShawn McCoy on your fantasy team, that's good news, Doug. That's because he's likely to return from his rib injury and play against the Packers in Week 4. Leonard Fournette. Did you see what he saw, said about the new um, the new roughing rule? No, I did not. He said, hold on, Shady McCoy, I love the new roughing rule, rough, roughing the pass rule. Everyone makes a big deal, but I think it's going to keep the game safe, especially on offense. <laughs> you know you don't play quarterback. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right, maybe David Gascon heard what Lashawn McCoy said, oh, and I didn't. Look, it, you know, see, he is. It's in his field. No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Jaguars running back Leonard Fournette practiced today. He's missed the last two games with a strained hamstring. Bengals wide receiver AJ Green has a groin injury. Bengals head coach Marvin Lewis, though optimistic, Green will play against the Falcons on Sunday. Patriots placed running back Rex Burkhead on injured reserve because of a neck injury. Raiders did the same with kicker Mike Nugent, and the Rams just did so with corner Akib Talib, who's going to have surgery tomorrow on his so high ankle what's sprain. Mean? Eight weeks. So you, he's eligible to return, but if it's eight weeks to uh, to come back from, it used to be where you had to, you would just be missing the whole season, but now you could return after eight weeks. So they're not going to have him for two months. They, remember, they go to Seattle next and to Denver. They have three road games after this. It's a tough stretch here for the Rams. Rams. You touched Shane on and Niners aren't very good. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Thursday, tomorrow's going to be such a dandy, though. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Uh, Clemson quarterback Kelly Bryant, you touched on this on the top, transferring from the school just days after being benched in favor of freshman Trevor Lawrence. Bryant, a senior, taking advantage of the NCAA redshirt rule that allows him to transfer to another school and be eligible to play next season because he played in just four games this season. So, interesting situation. Did you guys, did you guys hear? Did you guys hear Dabo when he was asked about it, and he goes, "Good thing God isn't a coach." God has no depth chart. I, I read some of his everybody, comments, but I did read that team, one. Everybody's really? first team, like, mm, I actually think God has it. You know, especially you're a strong Christian. Like, you know, I got to tell you that Christians believe that God had, does have a depth chart. Christians on first team, everybody else second team. Some guys make the. Some guys don't make the team. Is uh, you know this this Bryant transferring? I know there's people on one side and some on another. I am on the the side, Doug of. The NFL will find you. Do you think he needs to to play another year to have an NFL future, and would that make a difference? Because I I just think like nowadays, I don't think he's like, an NFL quarterback, so I'm yeah, not really sure. But true. But another year could 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 help him. Sure. I think more than anything, like look, you sat there behind Deshaun Watson for two years. You wanted to be the guy. Now he got a chance to be the guy, 
last year, and he got him to a college football playoff. And he played poorly in the Sugar Bowl, but um, I think this is just about, you know, your senior year, you want to play. Here's the hard part that no one talks about. No one talks about in these graduate senior transfers. Uh, and this is, I didn't get to this in the All Ball podcast. I haven't gotten this on Twitter, but this is, it's a really big thing that, that doesn't get discussed. When you play somewhere, that becomes your, your sport family. Okay? Now, I played a year at Notre Dame. I'm still very good friends with Fran McCaffrey, who recruited me. Pat Garrity, who was my closest friend there, and Ryan Hoover. Those are two of my closest friends, two starters. One was a senior, one was a sophomore when I was there. And a couple of the other guys I'm still sort of friendly with. I haven't been back to Notre Dame. I have a Letterman jacket. I don't consider myself a domer. I have a great, uh, I have a great admiration for the school. I think it's a great place. It just wasn't my, which wasn't my place. It wasn't a great fit for me personally. I spent three years at Oklahoma State, and that is, in fact, my basketball family. Everything that I hold near and dear about my college experience really comes from my time at Oklahoma State. Those are my closest friends, my closest allies. My and during my junior year, I was in the doghouse and I was thinking about transferring again. And had I had had the rules been as they are now, I would have graduated at the end of my junior year or in the summer after my junior year and transferred for my senior year and played somewhere else and just gone somewhere to be a guy, the guy. You know, the problem with that is like, where's your alma mater? Where's your place? There's no real place to go back to. Everyone says like, hey, I want to. And maybe Jalen Hurts, because he won a national championship as a starting quarterback, as a freshman, maybe he can always go back to Alabama. But the truth is, he's not going back to Alabama. He won't. Wherever he goes next, that'll be his spot. But you're only there for like a year. Like you didn't go through part of the part of the great part of college is you go through the freshman year when you don't play as much as you want. and You're not necessarily comfortable in sophomore year and junior year. You feel like, okay, now I got a junior. You feel like you own the school senior. You're like, okay, I'm just here until I get to go and. And and go out totally on my own. Everybody gets senioritis. And I think you lose that. I think you lose any sort of camaraderie with the school. So uh, going back to what Dan had to say, do I think he needs it? Yeah. I mean, if he wants to make the NFL, he's going to have to show he's a much better passer. And he'll get a chance. There'll be plenty of teams that'll go like, hey, we're graduating our quarterback. You know, Oregon's going to lose Justin Herbert, the kid who's going to be the first pick probably in the NFL draft. If they don't have one, they probably have highly touted quarterbacks on staff. But they need a guy who's already played, can come up to speed really quickly. Jalen Hurts will be available. He'll be there'll be a couple others that are available. And if you want to play, it's a hard decision. Do I want to play and maybe not win anything? You know, transfer down a level. Not a minute, or do I want to sit and watch somebody else win? Now, in Brian's defense. He's already watched Deshaun Watson win. So he doesn't need to do that again. In Clemson's defense, hey, just because they're making a move and it feels permanent doesn't mean it is permanent because quarterbacks are always a play away, especially in college where you don't have the protection you have in the NFL. So I, I think it's very interesting. But I do completely understand the mentality of, you know what? I, I want to go play in college. Guys ask me all the time, where should I go? Where should I go? Go somewhere you're going to play. Because you're, though most guys, and here, here's another thing that people don't understand. A high percentage of guys that do play aren't happy. Right? Man, I don't get the ball enough. Man, we don't throw it enough. Man, we, like, imagine the percentage of guys that are 
happy that don't play? Oh, 95%. So I get the go somewhere you're going to play. I just, there is a downside to it. And one of the downsides to it is you become a man without a home. You don't call a place that you spent nine, six, nine months at home when you're done. You just don't. And then the place that you graduated from in Clemson, that's not home because you bailed on that before the senior year was up. Jameis Winston believes he deserves to be a, he deserves to get a starting quarterback job back. Is that real news or fake news? Find out next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Previously on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Check this out. Cam Jordan to join us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Your job is to tackle the quarterback. What is it like to try and do your job the way the NFL has officiated so far three weeks in the season? So just talk about the um, the calls that, that have been the flagrancy of the calls that have been have been happening, and now you add in you know you, you add in things like Clay Matthews being called roughing the passer three times in three weeks, really in two weeks because you got two calls in one game, right. um, and then the last one where he had a clean shot on the quarterback. I don't know how you're supposed to hit a quarterback if you're coming downhill the way he was. Um, I mean, he kept his head out of it. I mean. So then, then you also bring in the uh, what is it, the Willie Hayes accident now? You know he was trying to do, uh, trying to lay off the quarterback and ended up hurting himself and he's out for a season. Yeah, without without missing the words too much, you know something's got to change. There's got to be a clearer de- depiction of what can happen. If you missed anything from the Doug Gottlieb Show, you can always podcast by going to FoxSportsRadio.com. Now, once again, here's Doug Gottlieb. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Mm-hmm. A lot of discussion over this Kelly Bryant decision to transfer. We'll talk about that upcoming in the show. Jordan Palmer will be our guest next hour. He's a quarterback guru. First, though, let's get to a game. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Dan Byer, what's the game today? The game today, Doug, is... Real news, fake news. All right, real news or fake news, Doug. On the eve of the Ryder Cup, U.S. Captain Jim Furyk says you'll see new friends, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, team up Friday or Saturday in one of the matches. That's must-see TV. Remember when they were frenemies? Now they're friends, right? Um, Is that I, real news or fake news? That seems like fake news, though. I did not see them paired together. You are fake news. Yes, that is correct. Furek said it's probably not too likely he'd pair the two 14 years after their disastrous pairing at the 2004 Ryder Cup. One and two in the world then and uh, didn't win a point. Yeah, didn't win a point. Not so much. Real news or fake news, Doug? Buccaneers quarterback Jameis Winston told reporters he never expected to have his starting job back, or he never expected not having his starting job back after returning from suspension. So he expected to have his starting job back. Is that real news or fake news? I was so confused by your first two. That's that, okay. Yeah, that, I used a double negative. That's, yes. David Gascon wouldn't have done that. But well, I, no, he would not. I, David Gascon never used a double <laughs> negative. You, on the other hand, always negative. Yes, always. Not just regular (laughs) negative. I am doubly negative. Uh, That sounds like fake news. You are fake news. It is. It is. Winston said all the right things today, including, quote, this is what I expected. Obviously, it's a tough situation to say, but 
It's a win-win situation, baby. Here, balling hard, winning. The community is behind us. I'm happy. Everyone is happy. You guys are happy. As long as we happy, good. End quote from Jameis Winston. So he's taking the high road. Uh, he is taking the high road, and I, I thought his answers were his answers were great. The issues with Jameis has never been his answers at at a podium, right? It's been these these actions or the accusations off the football field and then on the field at times in big games in the NFL. I, I personally think they should start him. I've said this all along. I think ultimately history will be on my side. And like, well, eventually they'll start him. Well, if eventually they'll start him, we'll not have to start him now. Well, what are you waiting for? But anyway, got to get into football shape. And Jameis on Fitzmagic. I'm excited for uh, Fitz. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited as a whole. As a team, we're playing very good. And like I said, man, I'm happy to be back in the building. And we just got to keep it up. There it is. So there's Jameis Winston. All right. Two for two, Doug. Let's go for three for three. Real news or fake news? Jimmy Garoppolo's former girlfriend isn't too mad about the ACL or, or geez, I can't even speak today. Jimmy Garoppolo's former girlfriend is very uh, mad. English, please. Is very mad about the ACL injury suffered by her former boyfriend. I'm just going to give this to you anyway because I messed it up. The, the porn star chick? This is a different one. Oh, a different is one. Is the girlfriend mad or not? Let's just put not it that mad. way. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. Actually, she's uh, she tweeted out karma. So I guess she kind of is Oh, the happy. ex-girlfriend. Yes, the ex-girlfriend. She's happy that he got injured tweeting out on Instagram or sending a post on Instagram, if you will, karma a couple of hours afterwards. He had dated this girl named Alexandra King in February. They were spotted at Disneyland, other places. But then when he was asked if he had a girlfriend, he didn't say he had one. Then he moved on to that porn star, and Alexandra King was off in the distance. Now she's getting her revenge, saying karma when it comes to Jimmy G's knee injury. Yeah. She sounds like a winner. <laughs> right? that sounds, she sounds healthy. She sounds like she's handling the breakup well. <laughs> oh. Guy shreds his knees, professional career hanging in the balance. Karma. She sounds she sounds adjusted. <laughs> reports out of real news or fake news, Doug. Reports out of New York say the Mets are hesitant to use David Wright in any game against the Braves because they don't want to mess with the integrity of the game as Atlanta is still playing for home field advantage. Fake news. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. Yeah, Wright was activated off the sixty day DL yesterday. Mets are in a series with the Braves, but the Mets just don't want to use him because they feel that it yeah, would mess with the integrity. He's going to play Saturday in his final game against the Marlins, who are out of playoff contention. Got it. Got it. We, listen, we're going to save the dog and pony show for the dog and pony show, not for the Atlanta Braves. By the way, the Cardinals now out of the out of the lead for that second NL wildcard spot as they lost last night, and the Rockies continue to win. Yes, and the Brewers closing in on those Cubs Brewers can clinch uh, a playoff spot tonight at least half game back of the Cubs in the central real news or fake news Reds pitcher Matt Harvey said a return to the Mets next season is not out of the question since they were the team where he started his big league career who's that Matt Harvey real news you are fake news Harvey told reporters today he would sign with any team this offseason except one the Mets? Yes, that would, implying the New York Mets. Of course, he was traded by the Mets to the Reds in May. Uh, had an ERA in the mid-fours, but said he'd go back to Cincinnati because they uh, they wanted him there, but a return to the Mets, not likely. Don't worry, I don't think the Mets want him back either. I mean, there's a guy that had had New York by the, uh, uh, by the underpinnings, and he gave it all away because dude liked to party too much, eat too much. And even though he wanted the ball game seven of the World Series, he could not 
He his what is it? His ego's writing checks. His body couldn't cash something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Something else couldn't cash. Uh, real news or fake news? Last one. John Ramos had to turn down tickets to a media screening of the new movie Night School last night because his daughter was sick. That sounds like real news. You are fake news. No, she she could be seriously ill, and John's not turning down tickets to Night School. He went last night. That's he and Suzanne get a sitter, get a get a nanny. No kid is too sick. How old is, uh, how was the movie, John? It was, it was okay. Ooh. <laughs> that does not sound good. No. John, John, John is a never negative guy. He's a doubly positive guy. <laughs> so John saying it's okay means it was awful. What, what grade would you give night school? B minus. Ooh, okay. But most, most, but most of John's grades are A's and B's, That's right? True. It's all, it's all relative. On a curve. All relative. Borrow up to forty thousand dollars to pay off your high interest debt, credit card, and credit cards with Lending Club. Go to LendingClub.com/slash/playbook today. Check your rate in minutes. Let's LendingClub.com/slash/playbook. All loans made by WebBank member FDIC equal housing lender. Transfers in college sports. It's the players' right, but is it right? We discuss next with Clay Travis. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. You know, here here's the thing about college sports. I, I know that a lot of us want to believe that it's professional sports, but it's not. Well, I know a People want to believe it's a job, but it's not. I know we want to believe that players have this 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 value that they're bringing, but they don't. It doesn't mean that it's not an incredible experience. And there are some aspects to it which are aspects like a job, but it's not a job. I can't just be fired. You can't. The steps they have to go through to fire you. You know, there, there's no union fighting, but you have way better benefits than you could. You don't have to pay taxes on it. Like there's, you know, you're not really qualified for the job that you have to begin with anyway. So, um, you know, there's limitations on how, on the hours that you can put in. It's not really a job. You're not really a professional, but there are, there are decisions you have to make that adults have to make. Like when you sign a letter of intent, which you don't actually have to sign. You don't have to sign a letter of intent. You can sign scholarship papers. You sign a letter of intent, it says, I intend to go to this school. And then if you decide, I don't want to go to that school, you got to sit for a year. They're like, whoa, 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 wait a second. He changed his mind. Like, yeah, I know. But as an adult, if you make a decision, you know, if you buy a house, once you check all the boxes, right? Once you hit, you, you get your insurance. Once you get your funding, you know, you may you won't you won't have to buy the house, but you you can lose your deposit and definitely your down payment at some point, depending on when those contingencies are met. Contracts do matter. Then you go fast forward and you take a kid like Kelly Bryant, who played for Clemson last year, led them to the college football playoff, played poorly in the Sugar Bowl, and just got benched for a freshman Trevor Lawrence, who's a, a budding superstar. And because this new rule, Kelly Bryant can not play the rest of this year, redshirt, graduate on time, transfer, and play right away. It's within his right. But is that 
the right thing to do. Let's welcome in Clay Travis, who has his own show, Outkick the Coverage, also the author of a new book, Republicans Buy Sneakers 2, How the Left is Ruining Sports with Politics. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. What do you think about Kelly Bryant deciding to take his talents elsewhere? Good for him. Look, I mean, the rules exist uh, as they uh, are written, and if he believes that Trevor Lawrence is not going to give him the starting job back rather than play eight final games in the regular season and whatever might happen after that, why not go back out, go to a new coaching staff, find somebody that uh, that believes that you can be a star uh, for them in a one-year graduate transfer scenario and do it. Uh, now, I will say this. I think the graduate transfer idea in general is fantastic in theory. Yes. Other than like Russell Wilson, almost no one who transfers is actually that good because if you were that good to begin with, the school you're at wouldn't let you leave, right? So, I mean, this idea that somehow you're going to get a first-round draft pick who suddenly graduate transfers into your program, it's an illusion that a lot of fan bases want to buy into because it's a long off season, and you're like, oh, maybe Malik Zaire is going to be a stud for us. That's what Florida Gator fans were saying last year. Maybe Jeremiah Masoli is going to come to Ole Miss, and he's going to be the one thing we need to win a national championship. That's what Ole Miss people were saying. Not saying regular transfers, because regular transfers, you can have a Cam Newton situation where a guy gets kicked out of school, and he's an incredible talent, but he, but he has to work his way back. Right, but he, actual went to, he, went to, he, went to, he went to JC, so yes, but it, yeah, it was a transfer. Actu- Actual graduate transfers who are going for one year because they're deciding to leave, it's rare, and it typically requires something like what happened at NC State with Russell Wilson, which is, look, the guy who was backing him up, Mike Glennon, was pretty good. So he ended up an NFL quarterback too, and how often is it the case that there are multiple NFL starting quarterbacks because Glennon started a lot of games on the same team. It doesn't happen that often. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow is a guy who, who right now starting at uh, starting at LSU, of course, transfer from Ohio State. Look, I, I think it's I think it's gonna be fascinating to see. And I think this new rule and what happens to a Jalen Hurts. You know, two there here's two guys that led their teams to college football playoffs and ultimately get beat out by more talented throwers. I don't think anybody would argue that they're that the guys who replace them are more talented, though both younger. And and what do you what do you do? My the the one thing I do think people are missing on is you invest this much time into being a Clemson guy. You're forever tied to Clemson. And you do lose that connection when you leave. You do. I've transferred. I don't consider myself a domer, a Notre Dame guy. Now, there's a bunch of other, but I can tell you other guys that have transferred places. You never, you're, the first place you played, or if you, some of these guys in basketball, you played three places, the first two places you played, and then the third place, you're only there for, you know, six to nine months. There's no real tie there. You lose that connection with the university which is the true value of the whole thing, right? Like everybody thinks, hey, if, if Kelly Bryant was going to be an NFL quarterback, he'd still be the quarterback at Clemson. He's not, yep. right? So he, the, the, the most valuable thing he can do is stay at Clemson, stay tied to that Clemson name, and for the rest of his career, he'll be a guy that started for Clemson, was a backup maybe on two national championship teams. I think his thought process might also be different if they hadn't already won a national championship. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he still would want to transfer, but the fact that they have already won a championship, I don't know that he's like, hey, I've been a backup on one championship team already. Do I really need to be a backup on another national title team? I, 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 I agree. Think- it's, a, it's, a, it's a really, really hard thing. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this is an easy decision. I do think that, that some of it is going with the emotion of and the immediacy of, oh, I can play? Oh, I'm gone, and everybody says, good for you. And then you start to think, like, all right, what about 10 years from now? 10 years from now, 
if I start one year at, I don't know, pick the school at LSU next year, um, is that going to be worth? I got that can be worth not really having a home. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's doing modern. this because he thinks that he is going to have an NFL career. Yeah, I don't think there's any other reason why this would make sense. So uh, I don't know who's advising him, and certainly in the quarterback positions. There are a lot of differing opinions. I haven't, to be fair, heard that many people saying, hey, this Kelly Bryant, I think he's a first-day draft pick or even a second-day draft pick. So we'll see. Uh, but I don't begrudge him for using the uh, the rules as best he can. Republicans buy sneakers, too. How the left is ruining sports with politics. Is the ref- left really ruining sports? Well, so there are several things. I've got the book sitting right in front of me. I finally got a copy. Uh, I wanted the title. The publisher wanted the subtitle. So uh, Republicans buy sneakers, too, is what I refer to it. Uh, I think that the far left in sports has decided to politicize everything. And so I think it happens to be good that there are elements of life where you can escape the serious things in life. Uh If I go watch the latest uh, Spider-Man movie, I don't want Spider-Man to come out before the movie starts, take a knee and tell me that, you know, abortion is murder. Because I'm like, dude, I just came in here with my kids to watch you, you know, catch bad guys and shoot spider webs. I don't really care about your personal life. Now, I think certainly the actors who play in a movie have the right to express their own personal opinions outside of that role. But I think it's a bad precedent to set the idea that in a uniform at work you should be able to protest. So I think we have uh, bought into this idea. And I think, frankly, my arguments are starting to win the day. I mean, Bob Iger came out, the CEO of Disney, and said, you know what? Uh, I think we got too ma- too wrapped up in the cultural and political uh, associational value of sports instead of just being like, hey, let's talk about what Kelly Bryant decided to do. Uh, and, you know, the, the typical ESPN response would have been like, can you believe this white coach picked a white quarterback to replace the black quarterback? Like, that's the way that ESPN would talk about a story like this in several of the years past, right? I, I would also, um, I would also, I would counter to say this, that I, I don't think it's just the left. I mean, I think the the right has played an equal part in in the politicizing uh, different you know different parts of sports you know like for, what? For, well for example just the national anthem itself, well I the, think that's, the, a, I, that, that's a business decision though right if they told you right now on Fox Sports Radio hey Doug instead of playing your bumper music if you came back with the national anthem your ratings would go up twenty percent and your overall revenue for your your brand would increase by 20%. You're a businessman. You're the same as me. You'd be like, all right, we're playing the national anthem from now on every time we come back from the bumper music. So I understand people no, who make but, decisions but, but nobody, that benefit but, the business side. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, that, that's, that's being a, that's being a hypocrite, but, um, no, I don't think, oh, I don't think it's being hypocritical at all. Look, if doing if something simply because, money, because you can make money of it, even if you don't believe in it. Well, when in the business world, you sell to everybody, right? The NFL, to their credit, the way they became the biggest brand in all of sports was they wrapped themselves in Americana. They wanted to be mom, American pie, football, the military. That was a strategic decision to ally themselves with uh, with the military and everything else. Do you think that's really why the NFL won oh, the day? Oh, 100%. I, I think Paul Tagliabue, if you study I, Paul Tagliabue, he actually said that. He said, look, well, we're going to embrace all those aspects. But that's not, but that's, I mean, it happened because... We bet on it because of fantasy football, because it was it was, and frankly, because of Eric Shanks, our boss, who came back from Italy and watching uh, watching soccer over there, where they had like a red zone channel and they created the red zone channel. All that it became the best 
show on TV during a set time to which we could all watch it. It didn't really have to do. Nobody tuned in to see the flag and to see Americana and see the military. I, 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 baseball, I disagree. I think baseball, it's hard to, baseball had all that. Baseball has always been traditional and having the right values. And baseball's popularity has has died nationally in comparison. Big, uh, maybe it, maybe a little bit, but if you look at baseball, the business has never been stronger. It, it, but that's right. uh, there. There's if we want to study baseball's business, it's because they have the best streaming stuff. That by the way is Disney. You know, just purchased or whatever that they've been able to stream and make money off of that for years. Plus, um, in you know regionally, it's incredibly popular. But nationally, whether it's radio or TV, you can't talk about it. Can't put it on TV. It's a, it's a, it's color bars get a better number until the playoffs actually start. Like, look, football is popular because it was the easiest to bet on, the easiest to watch, and 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 it's you know it, it was all in big cities, and then you had you grew personalities that were big in the flyover states that were Americana, like a Peyton Manning or like a Tom Brady, you know, you know, or like a J.J. Watt, uh, good-looking mainstream guys that we could sell as Americana. But let's not act like because they played the American flag and saluted the troops, baseball does all that same stuff, and their popularity is waned after steroids. I also would push back on the idea that that is a political side, right? I don't think that the national anthem typically is a political side. I mean, I think it's like, you know, on a military base, you raise and lower the flag. I think everybody has to have the same reaction to it on a military base. So, but it's good for business. I mean, I'm never, I mean, in my book, I talk about it. Look, the reason why the NFL wanted to do the national anthem and everything else is because it's good for business. And I don't begrudge any business making a decision that is good for itself. Uh, it, you know, sometimes they miscalculate, but that's the ultimately the goal of capitalism. Markets end up being right. And if you make enough right decisions, then you know there's a huge market that you can sell to. And I think the NFL, for many years, did a great job of, of broadening its scope as best it possibly could. All right, last thing. I know you got to go for your t- TV show. Uh, the NBA has kind of gone the opposite way of the NFL, right? They have allowed their players to speak vociferously about their own uh, political stances. And though the NBA's numbers pale in comparison to that of the NFL, they are seen as on the rise and the NFLs are seen as falling, doesn't doesn't that run counter to the narrative of your book? No, I don't think so, because the NF, the NBA talks to a tiny fraction of the population. The most watched NBA game of all time is Michael Jordan with the 1998 Game 6 against the Utah Jazz when he pushed back against Brian Russell and drained that jumper. Every game since then has had fewer viewers for the NBA by millions of viewers, even though there are now 50 million more people living in America today than there were when Michael Jordan drained that jumper 20 years ago. So the NBA is speaking to a niche of the population. Every single big NFL game every week outdraws the NBA Finals. The Super Bowl and the NBA, uh, NFL, and AFC Championship games, the NFC and AFC Championship games, dwarf every game that ever exists for the NBA. So the NBA has got a profitable niche. It's a tiny figment of the overall brand and value that's associated with the NFL. And also, it's a different segment of the population than the NFL is. The NFL is basically a snapshot of America. They appeal to everyone across the the political spectrum. The NBA is a much more left-leaning brand. But I will say this. The NBA's national anthem policy is actually much more strict and much more draconian I agree. than the NFL's. 
which is a fascinating little angle that most people don't talk about. Uh, It's great stuff. The new book is called Republicans Buy Sneakers 2, How the Left is Ruining Sports with Politics. Clay Travis will ruin your morning every morning. I'm kidding, of course. (laughs) Uh, Outkick, outkick, outkick the coverage. Pick up the book on Amazon and bookstores everywhere. Check out his show on TV, Fox Sports 1. It's it's uh, how are you doing, by the way, in the show? How are you? I'm talking your bets on the show. My bets on the show are not as good as just my college football bets because I have to bet on everything. And, you know, like everybody, I think if they're being honest, like I would bet you're much better at breaking down college basketball than you are at the NFL, right? Like everybody who's in our business is better at knowing some things about a certain sport. And I'm best about college football when it comes to gambling. So that means you're doing that good when it comes to gambling on Major League Baseball. So that means uh, lock it in. You're doing poorly uh, in terms of your bets. I'm at 60% for the year on college football. On lock it in, I am below that substantially. What's your numbers? I don't know. Okay. I don't know what the right, actual we'll numbers. We'll I know Furman has won week one and week two. Todd Todd Furman, yes. Cousin Sal, uh, Rachel Benetta, occasionally Jason McIntyre. It's a really good show. It's on FS1. Go go do it. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, appreciate it, my man. I'll right. see you. That's uh, that's that's Clay Travis. Good little back and forth there uh, on his on his new book. Yeah, I do think the idea that that football became popular because it was Americana. Like, dude, nothing's more Americana than baseball. Now, do I think he's accurate in, I don't know if, if, if the left is ruining sports, but, but using sports to open up a political discussion, yeah, I do think that wears people out because you come, you come to this show to listen about sports or about stuff more so than, but you, you know where you can go if you want to listen to politics. Can Josh Allen maintain what we saw against the Vikings? Well, that's the man who trained him. Quarterback guru Jordan Palmer joins us. Next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance, creators of the Name Your Price tool. Choose from a range of coverage options and pick the price that works for you. Visit Progressive.com today. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Actually, our next guest is, is kind of the perfect guy to have on. I feel like kind of the perfect guy to have on because... um trying to remember correctly how it how it worked with him in college uh jordan palmer joins the show on the doug gottlieb show you can check out his qb summit on twitter and instagram at qb summit did you go to utep right out of high school i did yeah i uh i moved from uh south orange county to el paso texas we're gonna talk about change yeah well slightly slightly different um do you ever do you ever sneak out to juarez uh, overnight how many how many trips to Juarez did you make uh my first year three or four nights a week my second year two or three nights a week and then uh you kind of grow out of it uh, but when I was there it was, there was no issues I never even heard of anybody having an issue so now you, I mean you can't even stare at the border for more than 30 seconds without something happening so it was different times when I was there really it's it's it, it is that bad or is that just that just has stories like urban legend urban legend goes so when I was there, everybody went there all the time, and it, it wasn't bad. I mean, it was go to the market, go hang on, go play golf over there. Now, I, I'll bet that there's not a single student athlete at UTEP who's been to Juarez in the last four years. Not one. Wow. Jordan Palmer joining but, us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm wondering your thoughts on the Kelly Bryant situation, and, and frankly, Jalen Hurts as well. So there's a new rule in college football, as you know. You can play four games and still redshirt. Both these guys are going to graduate this year. Kelly Bryant got beat out. And he's like, look, I'm out. I'm out. And because it's only four games in, he'll be able to play next year. I understand it because he sat and watched Deshaun Watson, but he did get a chance to start last year, and he got beat out by 
guy who everybody thinks is probably better than him and probably at the end of the season gives them a better chance to win a national championship. Um, I'm torn. Like, do you leave? Because if you leave, you might get a chance to play but not win a national championship. And and then you also – you don't really have a home anymore, right? There's no – Clemson's not really your school and going somewhere for half a year is not really your school either. What are your thoughts on what Kelly Bryant decided to do? Well, when it comes to guys who, who work really hard in school to put themselves in a position to graduate – so that if something happens, they can transfer. I'm all for that. I think you've got to protect yourself. You know, these, these universities do a fantastic job of protecting themselves financially and everything. Um, but I, I'm not a fan of the midseason thing. Um, I, I think there's so much stuff that happens in your football career, whether you, you stop playing in eighth grade, high school, college, or the NFL, that um, it is, is kind of a roadmap for what's going to happen to you the rest of your life. There's so many just metaphors and examples and adversity and success and some stuff you go through as a quarterback that is stuff that you're going to draw on for the rest of your life. And so I think quitting on a team and leaving halfway through the season, um, while it may feel like a sound decision for him right now personally, uh, I, I just think it's, a, it's just a bad you know, path to go down. Not to mention, I don't know if I haven't heard anybody say this, what happened if Trevor Lawrence gets hurt this weekend? Yeah, that, that was I, I said that earlier. That? Yeah. What happens if he that? gets hurt? You just, you always, they tell you as a backup quarterback, always stay ready. And who knows? It may, it may come back around to you anyway. Yeah, if this is the opposite, because this is not a name that a lot of people know, but Hunter Johnson is a quarterback out of Indianapolis who was one of the top recruits in the country. He was also in that three way competition this year at Clemson. Now, he, he, they, Dave O told him, hey, you're not the one or the two. You're not competing for the starting job. So he went ahead and transferred, and he's sitting out. I believe he's going to Northwestern. That's different, right? That's, hey, that's, I'm not one, and I'm not two, and I'm the same age as some of these guys. So, yeah, I need to go do what's best for myself. If you're talking about leaving four games in, I just think it's a bad presence to set. Um, it's going to be hard to spin that in a positive way. And teams may open him, welcome him with open arms, you know, wherever Kelly's going to end up going. But they're also going to keep, keep him at arm's length and understand this is a guy who will absolutely turn on us you know, and, and choose himself over the team at any point. And so they're going to take him with a grain of salt, and I just think it's a bad path to go down as a young man. Great stuff. Jordan Palmer joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. How surprised were you at Josh Allen's brilliance during uh, his play in Minnesota last week? Well, I just think it goes to show you, it's particularly early in the NFL season, anybody can beat anybody. Um, I, you know, I'm a big Josh Allen fan. I think he's the man. I did not predict that. <laughs> I certainly didn't call that game. Um, but with that being said, you know, it, it just shows you that, you know, you, you create two turnovers early and your offense gets momentum. Um, anything can happen. And, and I, I think it was so good for Josh to have a game like that because it's going to be very easy for everybody to pile on these rookies who, when they don't have success, uh, as if it's their fault they're playing, right? And so when you have somebody with the talent that Josh has and the upside that Josh has, um, you know, the first game, getting he comes in at halftime, they're getting blown out. The second game was ugly. For him to go on the road, that place, playing that coordinator, I think Mike Zimmer is one of the absolute best. Um, really good pass rush. Incredibly loud environment. Uh, I mean, this kid, he didn't play in the SEC. He didn't play in front of 100,000. He played in Wyoming, right? Their big games were like Nevada, you know? Play, they, so, they, they, they did get stomped at Iowa last year, but yes, I, did, I, I take what you're they saying. They did, but I, but it, but still, Iowa and Minnesota dome. I got it. Not comparable. But I got it. And so, and so for Josh to go in there and handle that um, and block everything out and play the play up to his potential is awesome. And, and so, 
you know, same thing I'm telling Sam right now too, is now it's just about stacking them. You're kind of doing two things as a young quarterback. You're, if things are going well, you're trying to maintain momentum. And if things aren't going well, you're learning really early in your career how to put things behind you and start over again on Monday. And so they're both, and, and they're going to both, all of them, you know, Rosen, Baker, all these guys, they're all going to get your first two years in the league. That's really what it is. If things are going well, how do you keep momentum? If things aren't, how do you move on? And, uh, and so it's great that Sam and Josh have both had a taste of that. Now Baker, you know, had a bunch of success on Thursday night, second half. Great. If he ends up laying an egg in Oakland, how does he put it past them? If he ends up rolling over Oakland, how do you keep the momentum? How different is it for Baker now that the Raiders have time to prepare for him? I, I, I don't know. I, I think with Baker, I, I, much is made around preparing for these guys. I only think that's relevant if somebody has a unique trait. Somebody's really fast or has amazing pocket mobility or has the strongest arm ever. You know, Baker, I think, is just really good in a lot of categories. The, the, the place where Baker's exceptional is his confidence and just the, being a gamer. Mm-hmm. And so I, that you can't prepare for, right? Somebody who's going to run around and make it happen. Um, but with these young quarterbacks, you know, if I'm playing a young quarterback, I know, hey, these guys aren't going to read it out like a veteran. So how do I keep them in the pocket and make them read it out? How do I prohibit them from getting outside the pocket and doing what they did in high school, college, and, and their whole lives, which is run around and make and you know make a play. So with Baker, with Sam, with all these guys, I think the defensive coordinator is trying to keep them in the pocket. Um, if, you, if you remember back when Tebow beat um, uh, beat uh, Pittsburgh, and then and it was a huge deal, right? That that overtime or whatever it was, the last play of the game. Right. Uh, and then he went to to New England and they smoked him. Yep. Um, all I feel to what all New England did was build a wall on the left side and said, "Don't let him roll to his left." So they told Ninkovich and these guys, do not sack him. You're not allowed to have any sacks. Keep it, do not let him roll left. And so you took this guy who loves to roll left, and they literally built a wall over there. They forced him to stay in the pocket, and they beat him. And so I think that's the recipe for a lot of young quarterbacks. Um, but Sam, Josh, Baker, and I think Rosen, even though he's only played a, a minute or two, he's a guy who can do this as well. They could, these guys can actually get through their progressions pretty quickly. And, uh, and so I, I think you kind of got to treat him like veterans. I think you got to prepare for Baker Mayfield the same way you prepare for, for somebody who's been playing a while. It's the voice of Jordan Palmer, quarterback guru. Check out the Quarterback Summit on Twitter and Instagram, at QB70. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, been a little disappointed with Deshaun Watson. I know the overall team hasn't been great. Now, the numbers were much better this past week against the Giants, but uh, how much of it is rust? How much of it is offense? How much of it is Deshaun just not performing like he wants to? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of everything. Um, but I, regardless of who's playing quarterback, they're, they're not protecting the quarterback very well. Um, you know, they, the O-line was their weakness this whole entire offseason. And, and it certainly looked that way the first week. And, and then they lost their right tackle. And so they're in a really tough spot from a protection standpoint. Um, but but that's, not, that's not the whole story. And I think there's... Um, you know, Deshaun has, has had some throws that I know he wants back and some reads that he wants back. Um, so I think there's an opportunity for him to take a step. Um, the guys around him, he's having, he's having some drops. He's having some guys have, uh, that are having a tough time getting off of, off of man coverage. And I, I think the blame's just kind of around around there. Also, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, I know that they've had some, some big plays, but they haven't been that dominant Houston defense, which they should be on paper. And so I, I just think the Texans as a whole – um, they're, they're waiting to click. And what happens a lot of times with rookies when they come in and they light it up, you know, ba- you know Baker is in this situation right now, Sam after week one, uh, it creates a ton of momentum. 
and everybody feeds off that energy. And last year for Houston, that's what it was. Deshaun came in, started balling. Everybody was, well, everyone was bringing, playing their, their A game. And I think that team, that's not a team who's dealt with expectations before. The Patriots in the offseason, they're really good at handling expectations because every single year they have high expectations and everybody thinks they're going to win it. Uh, this is new for Houston. So for this offseason, for everyone to feel themselves and hear all the stuff about them, still a lot of young players there. And uh, I think there's just this is a team that at some point I just I'm watching the game going is it going to be this half is it going to be this quarter when are they going to just click um, and so I think in this next week or two we're going to see Houston get back on board um, and then go ahead and start rolling but the difference is is that AFC South that's I mean that's across the board that's actually one of the best divisions um, and so this is not this is not a shoe in I mean Houston was winning this for years without a quarterback. Uh, and now it's going to be a struggle to to really win the, the that division. No question. Jordan Palmer joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Speaking of that division, Blake Bortles two weeks ago against New England lights it up. Last week, not so much. Um, still kind of lacking that consistency, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it's the team that the, the the recipe is: don't let other people score, run the ball, make some big plays in the passing game, and let Blake go ahead and. Uh, and if it comes down close, let them figure it out in the end. When that's the recipe, um, and you're not clicking in the air on offense, then you're going to have a game where you lose nine six or whatever. Um, and so I, I think those those are going to happen. Uh, you know, every four, five, six, seven weeks. Uh, and if that and if I'm right, then they're thirteen and three, and they're going to be potentially the number one or number two seed in the AFC. So I, I don't think it's any cause for panic anywhere. I think it was an off day offensively for them. One thing I know about Blake Bortles is he doesn't care, and he's already on to the next week, and he's totally fine with everybody ripping him and saying stuff about him. The guy could care less, which is why he's great, which is why he's made a lot of money, and which is why one of these years he's going to win a Super Bowl. Well, this uh, it's it, it should be in one of these couple of years. One interesting thing is they haven't had the greatest wide receiving core even when they lit up the Patriots, and that was probably when he played, played his best. Didn't have his running back, didn't have his number one or number two wide receiver, and that was when he played his best football. Uh, Jordan, Jordan, last thing, we got a chance to see Oregon play. And, um, look, you talk to people in, you know, in NFL people, and they're like, man, uh, they got a quarterback that everybody thinks, everybody thinks will be the, I guess, the top prospect. Is Herbert the top prospect in college football right now at the quarterback position? Um, I, it's early for me to have an opinion on who's ranked where, because a lot of it depends on who's going to go, who's going who's gonna to stay. Um, there's this is a quiet, really good quarterback class. I think Herbert is a stud. I, I could see him staying. That's not any personal information. I just I could see him going. You know what? This kid grew up a diehard. He grew up in Eugene. He's a diehard Ducks fan. If they lose three games this year, this is the type of kid who's going to want to come back and try and win a championship. Um, Drew Locke at Missouri, Jarrett Stidham at Auburn. Um, these are guys. Uh, Daniel Jones. He's now he's on the radar, but he was off the radar. Daniel Jones from Duke. There's some quarterbacks coming out this year that are that are in a in a, in a ch- uh, have a chance to come out this year, um, and I don't know that there's going to be a big drop off from last year's guys in terms of their talent level. Um, now, none of those guys may win a national championship or a Heisman or have a type of year that that Baker had, uh, but in terms of the guys that are going to be at the top of the draft that are going to be ready to play. Um, I, I think there's a couple really good quarterbacks this year. Great stuff. Uh, that from Jordan Palmer. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter at QB Summit. Jordan, thanks so much for catching up with us. Thank you.
Jordan Palmer joining us. Let's quickly get you to Dan Byer, find out what's going on in the world of sports. Dan, what do you got? You guys talking quarterbacks. We'll hear from a quarterback right now as Jameis Winston is back with the Buccaneers. The most important thing is being back in the building. You know, uh, yesterday it was kind of an off day. You know, I got here about 5.30, so I didn't see a bunch of smiling faces coming in, you know. Uh, but today, everybody came back energetic, and it, it felt like home, so I'm excited to be back. Winston back from his three-game suspension. Buccaneers are 2-1 and one with Ryan Fitzpatrick as their starting quarterback. It was yesterday that Dirk Cutter told reporters that he had told both Winston and Fitzpatrick who's going to start Week 4 against the Bears. That decision, though, has not been made public. Still hasn't. Again, Bucks and Bears coming up this Sunday. Thursday night football tomorrow night on Fox. Rams home to the Vikings. Rams won't have corner Aqib Tlaib. He's going to have surgery tomorrow on his high ankle sprain as the Rams placed him on injured reserve today. The Patriots placed running back Rex Burkhead on IR because of a neck injury, while the Raiders are placing kicker Mike Nugent on injured reserve. He'll miss the next eight weeks because of a hip injury. Jaguars running back Leonard Fournette practice today. He's missed the last two games with a strained hamstring. College football news, Clemson quarterback Kelly Bryant transferring from the school just days after being benched in favor of freshman Trevor Lawrence. New York Times reported today that Jimmy Butler is still the Timberwolves front office that he prefers to be traded to the Heat. Timberwolves head coach Tom Thibodeau told CBS Sports that they plan to honor Butler's trade request However, wouldn't say to what team he would go to, saying that they'll honor it, but they have to look out for their best interest. Doug? Thanks, Dan. Uh, Hall of Famer is not sure Derek Carr is a true franchise quarterback. I'll give you my thoughts upcoming next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Previously on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Check this out. what they're doing i think it's a little bit more sustainable if you missed anything from the doug gottlieb show you can always podcast by going to foxsportsradio.com now once again here's doug gottlieb car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price list price and invoice price true car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car visit true car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, that's a, as always, a, we had just had Jordan Palmer on. You just heard that from Daniel Jeremiah. And, of course, you can download that podcast. You can download the All Ball podcast. to be up, I think, tomorrow on the Heard Podcast Network. We'll tweet it out as well. But every day at this time, we'd like to play for you a portion of a show you may have missed on or something said in a show on Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports Radio, we call it. And now. What does the Fox say? Here's Rod Woodson, Hall of Fame cornerback and return man, former Raiders assistant coach, with his thoughts on Derek Carr. We talk about franchise quarterbacks, right, all the time. Mm-hmm. There's only a handful of franchise quarterbacks in this league. Right. All right? You got you got Tom Brady. You got Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers you got Phillip Rivers. Mm-hmm. You got Breeze. All right? You like Big Ben. And you got Ben. Yeah. That's, That's the, the franchise quarterbacks. Yep. 
Could be Mahomes over in, in Kansas City if he keeps it up. Who knows? You know, everybody was talking about, you know, Jimmy G gets hurt. But there's only a handful of guys who can take – and a franchise quarterback to me – it's not because the guy who suits up for you, he's your quarterback. Right. That's not a franchise quarterback. A franchise quarterback is a quarterback who can take your team to the next level mm-hmm. consistently. And that's what we haven't seen right now right. from Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's wrong. I, I think part of what happened last year with the Raiders, the Raiders were a mess last year. There was a first-time play caller who had a kind of a zone-blocking scheme, and you had a mammoth offensive line that, that's not what you, you don't run a zone blocking scheme with a mammoth offensive line. You have to have young, you have to have uh, lighter, more versatile, uh, more athletic linemen to run it. So that, that was a bad fit. But you also had a portion of the Raiders players and coaching staff who didn't believe in Derek Carr. Derek Carr got that huge contract and didn't believe that Derek Carr was a franchise caliber quarterback. And most of those guys are gone. Gruden came in, got rid of all. Didn't get rid of Marshawn Lynch, who I think isn't in love with Derek Carr. But doesn't just because those guys may not have handled it well, and just because they're offensive linemen, doesn't mean they're wrong about Derek Carr. If you look at the Raiders having a lead all three games, uh, leading going into the fourth quarter of the last two games, and what ultimately did them in, quarterback plays a huge part of it. Sure, they don't have a pass rush. But the reason that they had to part ways with one of the best pass rushers in the NFL was they already had a con- quarterback under contract for huge money. Now, I don't think Derek Carr is a franchise quarterback, but I think the franchise can win. Neither is Derek Blake Bortles, but you can win with Blake Bortles. You know, neither is Kirk Cousins or neither is Alex Smith, but you can win a lot of games. And if he can be slightly better than those guys, which for the most part through his career he has been, there's no there's no reason that the Raiders can't get back to being a consistent competitor for the playoffs. So I guess the summation is that um, Rod Woodson's not wrong. I don't view him in the Breeze and the Rodgers and the Brady or maybe even Rivers category, but I think this is part of what's kind of undercutting his and Gruden's authority is there's a lack of buy-in from a lot of the Raiders. Even if it's realistic, even if he's not a top five, top 10 guy, he's pretty good. And although he has to get better, it's really hard to even find what he has to offer. Now, here's Chris Carter, Nick Wright discussing Drew Brees. Drew Brees, though, is playing at a level that I haven't seen many quarterbacks play at. He's so accurate with the football. Him and Sean Payton being in sync and um, the Kamara, Michael Thomas combination. Coming out of the backfield, throwing the ball down the field, I believe it's a special combination, and the NFL is going to have to get used to them and try to take them out of the game if they're going to have success against the Saints. Breeze is having the best start to a season he's ever had, and this is one of the greatest quarterbacks ever we're talking about. Yeah, look, I think the Breeze thing, look, they played three games, all three games in a dome. Even when they play in New York this week, you're playing good weather New York, September New York. Uh, they don't have potential bad weather till they play in Baltimore in three weeks. Play the Bengals on the road. Play they play the Buccaneers, the Panthers on the road. That's it. And think about this for for New Orleans, a team built to play on turf, a quarterback built to play in domes. They play three. Play the Vikings on the road. That's four. They play. Uh, obviously, you start out with eight games, right? Eight games at home. Those are all in the dome. 
of their road games, Falcons always won, Vikings two, Cowboys three. So they play 11 of their 16 games inside. So it shouldn't surprise you that Drew Brees is off to a great start. The issue with Drew Brees has been when he's under duress and when he's playing outdoors. Well, what's amazing about Drew Brees has been from the moment that he got hurt and he was on his way out of San Diego with San Diego Chargers when he tore up his shoulder and Phillip Rivers ultimately replaced him. His arm, in many ways, has gotten stronger. And you go back two, three years ago and people thought he was done. Clearly, he's not done. What does the Fox say? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. All right, so uh, let's just do a quick kind of recap on baseball. Just it, look, it's you got to follow on day by day. Do you realize what tonight could be? Ramos, any guess what tonight could be or today could be? It's ongoing right now. Uh geez, Astro, is it the Astros game? Last game for Bryce Harper at oh. home in a Nationals uniform. He okay. got to the park, put on his uniform three hours early. When asked why he was out in his uniform three hours early, he's like, "Look." Could be the last time I put on this home uni. Want to soak it up. What is what is what is Bryce Harper going to be worth? He's hitting 249. He is on base uh 39% of the time. 393 OBP. His war is 1.2. Last year 4.7. Four years ago it was 9.9. 34 home runs. He's also he also leads the league in walks. In 129, he's also has a career high in strikeouts. He's become classic 2018 ball player. A lot of strikeouts, a lot of walks, a lot of home runs. He's good. And he's only 25 years old. But is somebody really going to give him $400 million or $300 million? Like, that's one of those, well, you know, that's what the going rate is. Like, okay. Tell me how that works out as a good thing. Just doesn't. Just really doesn't. And I think, um, I don't think it has anything to do with him bidding adieu because of the home run derby. If I'm offering Bryce Harper a contract, I do short term. Hey, dude, we'll give you 30 for a year. We might even give you a 55 for two. And then you can go back out in the market. You're still in your prime. But there's no way you give him three, four hundred million dollars. What's Le'Veon Bell worth? We'll find out next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Do, 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 do. We are... 27 hours away, 27 hours away, 27 and a half from the Rams and the Vikings at the Coliseum Thursday night football on Big Fox TV. Ramos, you excited? Yes. It's going to be a good game. Yes, but 520 at the Coliseum. A little early. Seems like a terrible idea. It's not a good, not a good time for Los Angeles, I don't think. Uh, okay, so if you've never been to Los Angeles, I know everybody thinks the traffic is always bad in Los Angeles, and generally they're right. Most big cities, it's pretty bad, and to be completely candid with you, um, L.A. no different. L.A. does have a subway system, does have a have a rail system as well. 
I've I've seen people on it. I don't know anybody who uses it. it seems quite clean, quite useful. Um, and I actually think they have a rail system that goes from downtown to the Coliseum, right, to right near the Coliseum. I actually used it. How is it? It was fun. Yeah. I took the gold line. Well, can I just say? Yeah, you can go the ahead. The gold Whatever. line yeah. to the red line, which was underground. Yeah. It came up to, the, I think, the another line that dropped you off right by the Coliseum. And? It was great. We how, just, how long would it take you to drive from your house to the Coliseum? From my house to Coliseum, probably with no traffic. Yes, just, no uh, traffic. Maybe 15 minutes. 15 minutes, is it? Yeah. Okay. Or, and then with traffic, you take an hour? An hour, yeah. Okay. And so how long did the gold line take? Gold line to the red line. 30 the blue minutes. Blue line to the five line. That's not bad. No, it's not bad because you don't have to And then drive, you have no parking. And you have to park. And then we hopped back on it when the game was over and took it right back to Plus, the Plus, you were drunk anyway, oh. so, I mean, <laughs> there was no DUI for you. Whew. That was, that was the easy part, actually. So, anyway, th- there are other ways to get to, to, get to the Coliseum. And... Um, it is freeway close, although the freeway that it's close to is the 110, which bisects South Central Los Angeles. And, you know, you go up a couple more exits and that's when you're in downtown and you got Staples Center. Downtown's become a place where people live. It used to be Skid Row when I was a kid. Now it's a really expensive place to live. But it's just, it's a, that's a tough time spot. I've always said like Thursday night games, Monday night games should not be the, the Chargers shouldn't get them. The Raiders shouldn't get them. The Rams shouldn't get them. The Seahawks shouldn't get them. The Niners shouldn't. Niners especially. Because the Niners, the, the difference is the reason it's so bad, the Niners stadium isn't near anything. It's in Santa Clarita. It's close to San Jose, but not right in San Jose. And if you're from San Francisco, like, you're really going to go at that time of day, an hour away, 45 minutes of no traffic? Like, no thanks. But it's, it is, it's Fox's first Thursday night football game. It is the Rams. The Rams are really good. The Vikings on paper are really good. They were bad that week. And so it's once a year, all right. I, I don't know what the place will look like at kickoff. It might be half full. It's going to be beautiful. Going to be, I mean, in terms of the weather. I mean, we're, it's always nice in Los Angeles, but these next two days, really, really nice. I have told you, now, my, my thought coming into the game a week ago was, the Vikings will be coming off a blowout and the Rams are coming off a war. And that's why you take the Vikings. Now, I, when I said Vikings blowout, I didn't know that the Vikings would be blown out by the Bills. I thought it would be the other way around. And the Vikings have suffered, sustained their own injuries and their own offensive line. I still like the Vikings against the number, which opened at seven is now down to six and a half because the Rams are without their top two cornerbacks, Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib, two offseason acquisitions but we're an hour, we're a day away and day and change away um we still don't know what to make of Le'Veon bell what his value is but it does seem like the pittsburgh steelers are in the process of trying to find a home for him here's jason lockenfora he's cbs's nfl insider on uh on the running back pittsburgh's been sniffing around on him forever they never thought they could fit him in their pay structure. But you know what? If you trade the running back to those guys, all of a sudden, you've got the cap space and the cash. What if Earl Thomas, who's a malcontent, becomes a malcontent for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Le'Veon Bell, who's a malcontent, becomes a malcontent for the Seattle Seahawks? I actually think Chris Carson's a pretty good player. He's He was injured a bunch in college. That's why he didn't start much at Oklahoma State. 
Um, so I don't know if that price is too high. And Atlanta losing both of their safeties and the fact that Dan Quinn came from Seattle back when the Legion of Boom was formed seems too obvious to me. But Le'Veon Bell, Black and Forward told us this play his last game as Pittsburgh Steelers. That however he's handled this thing has irritated people to the point to which like we're, we're better off without him. And they're on the clock. They got four more weeks to f- figure out a home for him. And I don't know, because you need two things in order to sign Le'Veon Bell. You need first to trade for him, but then you need the cap space to absorb not just the salary this year, but the salary in the coming years. The salary in the coming years, you can find ways to creatively move it. But he's supposed to make franchise tag numbers this year. Whatever that is prorated by the time you get him, 10 million a year, you better have that cash space if you want to do so. In the NFL, your value is not just based upon what you're paid, but what somebody's willing to trade for you. And think about what the league is doing. The league is saying, hey, quarterbacks are the most valuable. That, that's what all of this roughing the passer stuff is about. Quarterbacks are more valuable. They are invaluable, in fact. And the Steelers' inability to find a home for Le'Veon does not bode well for his long-term contract future. Yes, Ryan Isn't part of the issue with this also is in order to pay Le'Veon, because part of what they're saying is he won't really agree to whatever trade the Steelers are looking at unless that other team is willing to sign him to a long-term deal. Because in order to trade him, he has to sign the franchise right. tag. So, But in order for that to happen, isn't aren't they looking for a team that has a quarterback on a either discount deal or a rookie deal? Otherwise, you're paying top dollar for a running back and a quarterback. And from what you've said in the past about Khalil Mack and where the Raiders were at... It doesn't really make sense to pay that much money for both of those positions. Like we saw the Rams have done it because they're not paying Jared Goff yet. So they were able to pay huge money for Todd Gurley. And same thing for the Cardinals. The Cardinals gave that extension to David Johnson. Granted, they're paying, I think, $20 million or something to Sam Bradford for just this year. But now we know that Josh Rosen's going to be their starter going forward. So it's like there aren't a lot of options out there that actually even make sense for Le'Veon Bell to get traded to. Correct. I mean, it's a problem. You have a position of declining return. You have a guy who wants to reset the, the running back market. You have a limited number of teams that need him or, or want to sign him or can sign him long-term. And then they also have to trade for something of value in in return. Like all of those things are, are, you know, what you would call problematic. So, um, yeah, I think it's an issue. Hey, I, we'll get back to football in a second. Greg Cosell is going to join us from NFL Films, see what he's seen, seen from specifically the Dallas Cowboys, who a lot of people are crushing on tape over the simplicity and lack of execution within their offense. But I heard uh, Steve Kerr say something at Media Days, and it really made me think that the Warriors are trying to kind of reset their narrative. Take a listen. We are playing with some house money. Our place... Uh, and the history of the league is pretty secure. I don't think our guys should feel a ton of pressure. You know, I think they should feel the importance of trying to do it again because you know this may be the last time we have this current iteration of the Warriors, just given all the free agents and the money crunch and everything else. So we don't we don't know what's going to happen 
So why not just go, go all out and enjoy every step of the way? It's interesting, right? Like it was, that was a tomorrow's never promised type, type of statement from him. There, there's two ways to take it. One, he thinks Durant or Clay or Draymond or all three will be gone at the end of this year. Or, and maybe this is in addition to or in lieu of that, that he believes that you got to reset the narrative. You got to make it fun. You know, just, just play for today and not think about anything because that's what held this team back was they were thinking too much last year. Just thinking altogether way too much. And um, that's fast. It's fascinating to me because something was amiss with the team. Like we still haven't heard details of why it wasn't fun for them last year, but it wasn't fun for them last year. And he's trying to make it enjoyable, but also he seems to be resigned to the fact that they may not, they may not do it again next year. Boy, there seems to be a lot of smoke in the Kevin Durant will go elsewhere. When doesn't it seem more obvious that Clay Thompson would come back to LA? Right? Clay, whose dad's been a Laker broadcaster, Clay, who lives in the offseason in Los Angeles. You know, they need more shooting. He's close with with Luke Walton. Yeah, Ramos. Yeah, and it sounds like he's just trying to tell everybody, hey, things are going to go. We've already cemented ourselves in history. But what have they cemented themselves in history I, He as? said it. Didn't he say it right there? I thought he I said know they, yeah. I know he did, but what have they cemented themselves in history I, as? Most wins, I guess, by a team in the NBA history. Yeah, but they didn't uh, win a championship that year. Right, but then they won two NBA titles while he's been there, so maybe that's what he means. But he definitely is trying to ease the pain of things that might happen in the next season. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Still not totally convinced that he that they're cemented their legacy. They've won three in four years. They haven't three peated. If they three peat, they put themselves right there with the Lakers who last three peated. Put themselves ahead of the Heat, and frankly ahead of the the Lakers because they'd have three in four years. But I, I don't understand what their legacy is cemented as. And I like the Warriors, and I think they're good, and I think they're going to be their favorites to win it again. I think the Celtics are more competitive than anybody's letting on. But I don't know all about this. Say, are that feels like trying to change the narrative? Can the Cowboys fix their offensive issues? Is it personnel or play design? Is their quarterback? We'll ask Greg Cosell. He joins us next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every week we are just uh, thrilled to have Greg Cosell with us. Uh, he, he does an incredible job with NFL Films, breaking down and, and making it easy for those of us who don't know what we're looking at and only watching on Sundays what we should know about what, what really takes place between the lines Thursdays Sundays and Mondays in the National Football League. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, let's let's start with the Cowboys. I've seen others at the NFL Network, like Brian Baldinger, uh, point out on his breakdowns the simplicity and lack of execution from the Dallas Cowboys. When you see the Cowboys struggle again offensively, what do you see? Well, I think there's a number of factors. As you know, Doug, there always are. Um 
I think that their passing game is somewhat limited. I think that Prescott at this point, where he is now, he's not a very comfortable player in the pocket. I think there's too much unnecessary movement. There are times he creates his own pressure and loses the opportunity to make throws. Uh, I think he's not a very patient player right now. And rightly or wrongly, he's anticipating pressure. And when you anticipate pressure, it's very difficult to, uh, to make throws. Uh, and then when throws are there, his accuracy is is erratic. So, uh, you know, he's he's never been a true anticipatory thrower. He's never been a turn-it-loose thrower. He needs to see it clearly before he delivers the football. And with the receivers they have and the structure of their offense, those opportunities are not there right now. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind, of, kind, of, kind of messy. Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Baker Mayfield was inserted... Uh, just before the half because the concussion to Tyrod Taylor. He's going to get the start now, and uh, that, that'll that be for, for the long term, not just for the short term. And the Raiders are like, look, we didn't, I mean, excuse me, the Jets said, hey, we didn't have a book on him, but you don't have a book on him to, to know, have to have a book on him to know he's, he is an anticipatory thrower, right? He does, for a young guy, he does process what he's seeing very well, yep. very well, doesn't he? I would say that... Uh... There's no hesitation to him as far as that's concerned. He showed that in college. Uh, he's, he's a quick decision maker. He has a snap compact delivery with a lot of velocity on short to intermediate throws. And what I like about him, and it's funny, we were just talking about Dak Prescott in his third year, and this could be in a quarterback's DNA. Dak is not a turn it loose guy. Mayfield is. And there was a throw late in that game on the winning tee touchdown drive that went to Landry down to about the five-yard line or so, and he stuck it behind and inside the linebacker and in front of the safety, and that was great anticipation, precise ball placement. He's willing to turn it loose, and that's a positive trait for an NFL quarterback. That's the voice of Greg Cosell from NFL Films. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, the Dolphins are 3-0. and How much of this is Adam Gase, and how much of this is their often maligned quarterback, Ryan Tannehill? Well, I think it's a combination. You know, keep keep things in mind. When, when you call certain plays, particularly plays where the throw has to go deeper, uh, I'm not talking about necessarily, a, a, you know, a 60-yard pass, but when you call whether it's a deeper intermediate route or a vertical shot play concept and you hit those, your offense will look very good. That happened week one against Tennessee. They called a shot play to Kenny Stills, and Tannehill laid it out beautifully Stills had gotten behind Malcolm Butler. Last week, a beautiful play call again to Kenny Stills. This time he was in the inside slot to the three wide receiver side, and he ran kind of a deep corner route. And and Tannehill just, it was a 30, ended up being a 34 yard touchdown. You couldn't have handed it to Stills any better than Tannehill threw it. So when you call these plays and they do get executed and the quarterback makes a great throw, you, you score touchdowns, you score points, and it really looks like your offense is clicking and that your offensive coordinator is really calling great plays. What's the matter with the, with the Raiders in the fourth quarter? What, why does their offense go so flat? I mean, uh, that's a hard question. I mean, look, the car threw the interception in the end zone. They were marching to score, and that was a very odd play. First of all, I think there was a problem with the, two, with the route concept because two receivers – were right next to one another. Cooper and Bryant were much too close together on their vertical routes. If you look at that play on tape, as I did, Bryant from the outside ran his route as if he was not part of the play, and Carr threw it to him. 
and so he was not really prepared for the throw. So things like that are always, you know, there's people always want a sexy overriding reason. Sometimes it's something as simple as that. Greg Cosell joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox sports radio. Uh, I'm watching, I'm watching the Atlanta Falcons and there's been much made of Matt Ryan's struggles in the red zone in the past. Now they did lose to the saints, but he threw five touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, What are the adjustments that they've made for Matt Ryan? Well, again, it's another thing where if you go back over the last two weeks where they've been good in the red zone both weeks, sometimes it's a function of a receiver winning. I remember two weeks ago they had Ridley lined up uh, against the corner for the Panthers, uh, the rookie corner uh, from LSU, and Ridley ran a great route and was open immediately, and Ryan hit him, and it was – it was a pitch-and-catch kind of throw because he was wide open, beating the corner. So um, this week they had a five-yard touchdown to, to uh, Tevin Coleman. It was a beautifully designed three-man route concept to the short side of the field with what we call a double rub. They were essentially picks, but they were executed so well that they were not penalties. So play design, winning one-on-one, play design, quick-timing throws, all these things lead to red zone execution. They've been doing that better the last two weeks. Craig Cosell joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, I, I've I've watched the Rams and I and golf has been outstanding. And they're good, but but a, a big reason seems to be his offensive line is really giving him space. Now the Chargers aren't the Chargers without Bosa, but whatever the Chargers, they couldn't get pressure on him. Um, is is golf really this good, or is it a product of hey, you give any good quarterback time and give him good wide receivers and good route concepts, and he's going to throw that ball around? Well, what you just said, particularly the last part about the route concept, that's not as easy. It seems easy, but Sean McVay may be as good as there is in the league in designing route concepts uh, and combinations in which the primary read is going to be available. And Goff is, at his core, a rhythm player. He's a very natural thrower. He's a rhythm player. Now, this year he's become a little more off schedule, which is good. He's showing the ability to make some of those plays, but it's a really good mix of coach and quarterback the design of that offense is really really good how fixable are the Patriots problems uh you know it's funny I've gotten asked that a lot this week this particular game was a very specific job that Matt Patricia did uh, and, and an approach he took on defense that very few teams will take. He played with seven defensive backs on third down. He went into the game with the understanding that Gronkowski and James White were the players you had to take away on third down, and he did that with a specifically designed approach that actually came from the Bill Belichick School of Defense. Not every team is going to do that. There may not be another team that does that. So I'm not ready to say their problems are long-term just yet. This is obviously a very important week for them. They're home to Miami. Miami is not a difficult defense to figure out scheme-wise. There's no mystery to the Dolphins' defense. Uh, What about the Chiefs? The Chiefs are setting the world on fire. And you talk about play design, they're beautiful. they got a ton of speed, and they got a guy who – uh, in his young career, has seemingly made every right throw. What Can you forecast for us how a team like Denver, how teams in the future are going to try and slow them down? Well, what's interesting, Doug, is the Chiefs have gotten off to starts like this under Andy Reid before. The numbers are better for Mahomes than, let's say, they were for Alex Smith a year ago. But you might recall that last year, the Chiefs got off to a terrific start. I think they were 5-0, and and Smith was on his 
on the pace for his best year. Now, the numbers weren't quite as good because Mahomes is clearly a superior thrower, and Mahomes is a turn-it-loose guy. Smith is not. So we've seen this kind of thing before where the Chiefs' play designs have been very successful early in the season. But I would say that Mahomes fits exactly the way Andy Reid likes to play. Spread formations, misdirection concepts, aggressive intermediate and deeper route concepts, and Mahomes will turn it loose, and he's a terrific thrower. Last thing, Andrew Luck, a lot lot of ado about his shoulder. Um, Yeah. Look, they didn't win last week, but they were right there. Probably outmatched against uh, the Eagles, especially on that on that line versus a, a, a tenacious defensive line. What have you seen from Andrew Luck, and in, in get your professional prognosis in whether or not he'll get back to being the old Andrew Luck? Well, what you don't see is is them calling many deeper intermediate and vertical routes, and I think that's a result of the fact that they know he's still a work in progress with his shoulder. He actually missed a throw last week that should have been a touchdown. It could well have changed the outcome of that game. He had Ebron wide open in from the high red zone, meaning between the 10 and the 20-yard line, late in the third quarter. He left the ball well short. Now, this wasn't an arm strain throw, so this is not a function of his shoulder. He just left the ball well short, and it turned out to be an incompletion. But I assume his arm will get stronger and stronger as the season progresses, and they'll probably then start attacking vertically. He was an excellent deep ball thrower before his shoulder injury. The the great Greg Kosoff, NFL Films. Greg, thanks so much for stopping by with us. We always appreciate your time. Thanks, Doug. Really appreciate it. All right, that's Greg Cosell. Let's get you to Dan Byer. We appreciate his time as well. He's watching everything that's going on in the world of sports. Could be Bryce Harper's last home game in a Nationals uniform. What's shaking? Well, Doug, yes, day baseball is a part of that equation as well. They'll get underway in about an hour. Actually, take that back. Sorry, Doug. Check that. Check that. that. Hey, uh, while we check that, let's check out J.D. Martinez. Here's the pitch, and it's swung on. There's a drive to left field. Long gone. Out of Fenway Park completely. A three-run homer, number 42 for J.D. Martinez. He now has 127 RBIs. That on the Red Sox Radio Network. They topped the Orioles today 19-3 in game one of a doubleheader. The reason why, Doug, I had to pause there is because I wanted to give you an update on what Bryce Harper is doing as the Nationals are up on the Marlins 5-0 at the end of four. Harper is in the lineup 0-3 with a strikeout. So maybe the Nationals won't necessarily miss him. There are reports. There was a uh, CBS Sports Jim Bowden, the uh, uh, former GM in, in of the Cincinnati Reds, saying that he has heard that the Nationals feel that their outfield is going to be fine without Bryce Harper. So maybe Bryce Harper knows something that we, or maybe others are starting to know, that this will be his last home game in a Nationals uniform. Uh, Astros and Blue Jays also playing some day baseball today. Of course, the Astros clinched last night. Blue Jays winning 2-1 in the fifth inning. Blue Jays skipper John Gibbons won't return next season. How about some news from the NFL? Rams corner Aqib Tlaib placed an IR with a high ankle sprain and will have surgery tomorrow. Patriots placed running back Rex Burkett on injured reserve because of a neck injury, while the Raiders are placing kicker Mike Nugent on injured reserve. He's going to miss the next eight weeks because of a hip injury. Bills running back with Sean McCoy says he'll play week four against Green Bay after missing their week three win against the Vikings with the rib issue. And Clemson quarterback Kelly Bryant transferring from the school just days after he was benched in favor of freshman Trevor Lawrence. Uh, what do you think? What do you think about that, uh, Byer? I'm not sure I got your opinion on it. Yeah, I... As I mentioned earlier, I thought if there are dreams of an NFL career that the NFL will find you. I also believe he is just one play away from getting that starting quarterback job 
back. And I understand that you want to move on and your feelings are hurt. I think in his situation of what he would mean to the team, I'm surprised that he left. And if he does want to play in the NFL, I still think that he could have done that at Clemson and could have shown off his stuff in the offseason. Well, he, here's here's a look. If you if you think you're close as an NFL player, I would say go play. I guess the problem that he'll run into, problem that he'll run into is this. Um, if he makes the NFL, he's going to have to make it as a backup, right? Like he's not he's not a franchise quarterback. He's not a first round first round draft pick. I don't believe anybody views him at this correct. point. Correct. Correct. And for for him to make it, so you know, like, look, if you're going to draft a guy, like, wait, he's and, and no one likes being a backup. Nick Foles, Nick Foles, may be the only guy on earth who says he likes being a backup. But part of the reason that he's at peace with being a backup is because he's been a starter a couple times over. He's gotten several opportunities, and whether it's not in his chemical makeup or he's just happy with that group that they have in Philadelphia, he's got enough money. But for the most part, nobody really enjoys sitting there watching. But to, but to shut it down, this and, and say I'm out this quickly after being named a backup. Well, I don't know how that. I I don't. You're a general manager. You're sitting there going like, is this the guy I really want to be my backup young quarterback in training? Seeing how it ended at Clemson. My bigger thing is yes, he does have. He is one play away. And if you always stay ready, and I think it's. In basketball, it's more reasonable to stay longer just because in basketball, like if you're a point guard and you get beat out, you can still play. Like they'll still, you can play two point guards together, whereas you can't play two quarterbacks together. Yeah. But I I think that you lose that special connection you have with the school. And he has a lot of equity there. He has a lot of positive equity. One of the things that graduate transfers, several of them have done is they've gone places and they haven't succeeded immediately, and they've lost their job at their new school. What was the kid who was at Notre Dame, and he was suspended for a year for like cheating on tests, came back, and was good at Notre Dame? I think it was Everett Golson, mm-hmm. kid from Myrtle Beach, right? Yeah. And he transferred to Florida State. Do you remember how that worked out? Not well. No. No. He was, Everett Golson was at Florida State a couple years ago, and um, it didn't work out well. He was, I'm going to say this is 2015, maybe? Yeah, it, yeah. 2015. Yeah, it would have had to and, been right before Kaiser. Cause, right, and yeah. I, I want to say that Everett Golson at, at, at Florida State might have started the start of the season and played really well, and then ultimately he got beat out. And one of the reasons you get beat out is you don't have the equity in the new place, new place where you are. Nobody knows who you are. So all your quirks, you haven't been a freshman, you haven't been a backup, you haven't been on the scout team. You haven't been a guy who's who's wowed people. You lose that equity. You lose the same equity as an alum when you come back. Like, look, he'll still be welcome back at Clemson, but it won't be the same. Won't be the same if he bails on Clemson four games in the season, and then what, man, what if what if they really do need him late in the year? And I, I look at it, Doug, and the reason I say that the NFL will, will find him, and I mean him by the NFL is going to find talent. That no matter what, like there, there are scouts out there that are going to find talent. The point being, the reason you would leave is to try to enhance your NFL career, and I'm not sure on how much that is going to happen with him. With the examples that you just made, uh, with the point 
that I made of he's just a play away. If something happens to Trevor Lawrence, then Kelly Bryant's back in that spot. I'm not sure he's necessarily – maybe he isn't connected. Maybe he isn't as nostalgic about his alma mater and staying with that school, so that's not important to him. I just think in the situation he is in, the player that he is, all signs pointed to staying at Clemson and not transferring somewhere else. If his ceiling is somewhat limited, yeah, how much is it going to really improve at another school? Yeah, I mean, if you're I'm, good I'm, enough, they're yeah. going to find you anyway. You're going to show it off in, on pro days and in workouts. So yeah, yeah th- that one I, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to agree with you on. I mean, why not? What, why, tell me the quarter, tell me the quarterback who was the backup in college that's in the NFL. But the 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 point being is, yeah, the, the, there isn't any. But that's I, I guess maybe that's part of my argument as well. I mean, is does he? Does he, you know, really have a chance? Is it worth I don't, doing I don't it? Think, I, mean, is, I don't think he's an NFL quarterback, but um, I also know, like, look, Mitch Trubisky sat for for four years, right, and then finally got a finally got a shot and became, you know, the second overall pick in the draft. I I understand. Look, you want to play? Go go play. I get I get it. My my issue would be he did get a chance to play. He was a starter. He was beaten out, and you know he didn't play terribly, but he was beaten out by a kid who I think we'd all think has a better arm and better upside than him. And it's a hard roll of the dice for, for Dabo, but that's the one he made because I think he thinks kind of like a Jalen Hurts. At some point, they'll get limited by their offense and they nearly were when they played at A&M. But I do understand the whole mentality. of like, I'm not having fun when I'm sitting there. I sat there and watched Deshaun win a national championship, and it wasn't fun. I don't want to watch Trevor, watch Trevor win a national championship. It's, not, it's just not fun. No thanks. I, I get that. My issue is... And and the NFL will find you thing like they can't find you if you don't throw a pass. You get become a backup. So if you if you can find a place where you can go and play right away and play at a high level and a system where you can be effective, okay. My my issue is more. At some point though, you do have to. Are are you a good teammate? Are you a good teammate? Does it actually? If Trevor Lawrence actually, they believe gives you the best chance. Be sit there and be ready. And when you're ready, get in the game and show people. Tom Brady split some time his his, uh, his last senior year at Michigan. People forget about that one. But for the most part, you, you do have to show yourself as a starter in college if you want to make it in the NFL. He's always going to be known at Clemson as not Deshaun Watson and the guy who was replaced by Trevor Lawrence. Hmm. That's That would maybe be a reason why he doesn't want to stick around. <laughs> Yeah, right? I mean, I mean No, I th- yeah. I think he's I think he's upset. I think the coaches told him probably that he was his job, you know, he had to do something to lose the job. It's his job to lose. And he's probably sitting there going like, "What? I didn't do anything wrong. You know, I didn't play well in the Sugar Bowl, but I haven't done anything wrong this year." Like, "Yeah, but the other kids done more right." That that's probably the way he takes it. They probably weren't completely honest with him. But the problem is if they were completely honest with him, he would have left a long time ago. Is Gronk unhappy in New England? Find out next. Coming up Thursday in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Thursday Night Football, Vikings taking on the Rams. I've been on the Vikings for months now. But, man, they got no offensive line. Good thing the Rams are all banged up. We preview Thursday Night Football plus plus the Jimmy Butler trade. Where's he headed? And, of course, a huge weekend in college football. All the insight and information only on the Doug Gottlieb Show, only on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Previously on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Let's check this out. Brian Baldinger, he joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. When you watch the Dallas Cowboys on tape, what do you think is wrong with them? 
Well, I think it's the worst surrounding cast of any quarterback in the league right now, and that would include Buffalo. Uh, outside of the running back, I mean, there's not anybody, including Tavon Austin, that scares you. Um, they can make a play every once in a while to Tavon, but there's just nobody that scares you. Tight end at any of the receiver positions, there's just not much there to work with. And the idea of a franchise quarterback, if you think Dak is, is once you identify that guy, all you do is surround him with talent. That's what the Eagles are doing with Carson Wentz. That's what the Bills will do with Josh Allen. That's what Cleveland will do with Baker. That's the plan. That's what the Rams have done with Jared Goff. The Cowboys haven't done anything like that. If you missed anything from the Doug Gottlieb Show, you can always podcast by going to foxsportsradio.com. Now, once again, here's Doug Gottlieb. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> a lot of stuff to get to today. Uh, I will be off the next two days. Just point out, um, I'm going to Kelowna, Canada. Dan Byer and Kelvin Washington are going to be filling in. Dan's awesome. Kelvin Washington, awesome as well. That'll be a lot of fun. Getting ready for Thursday Night Football. I will send my picks via text or maybe via voice message so we get our five for five going. Yeah, I mean, buddy of mine's turning 40 and... The wives got together and said, we're doing this trip. And I was like, hey, uh, football season? And just happened to pick a huge college football weekend. I am told that there will be some curling involved. There will be some a lot of drinking involved. And there will be a window to watch college and pro football involved. So I'll report back. Not sure if we'll need all that good Canadian health care. Let's get to the press. <laughs> The press. Dan Byer, what Byer. Do you we start off with the New England Patriots in a radio hit on WEEI in Boston. Chris Gronkowski said his brother, Patriots tenant Rob Gronkowski, is, quote, super frustrated, end quote, with dealing with double coverage this season. Rob Gronkowski responded by saying that he hasn't spoken to his brother. Chris Gronkowski also added his brother was frustrated with not being paid like a top tight end in this game like he should be. Again, Rob Gronkowski saying that he hasn't spoken with his brother, but maybe some more drama with the Patriots. Tony Tony Romo called in and said he's frustrated with Chris Gronkowski's inability to pick up a block. That's why he broke his collarbone going back seven or eight years ago. Oh, <laughs> uh, That Rob tried to say that he was trying to push one of his products. WEI's host came out and said, we said we would uh, pub his podcast if he would come on the show and talk. Yeah, so some drama. Lighten up, Francis. (laughs) A a bit of drama earlier this week. Jet safety Jamal Adams was on CMB on WFAN in New York. Spoke about their loss last Thursday to Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Here's Jamal Adams earlier. We didn't see it happening. I'm just being honest. I didn't find out that Tyrod, you know, had a concussion until after the game. I, you know, I thought he just, you know, they took him out. So, obviously, you know, injuries occurred and the next man up. So, we, you know, again, we weren't um, prepared for him. That was from Jamal Adams. Right. Now, Todd Bowles has spoken to the media saying that Adams misspoke earlier this week, saying that he was a young player. 
he knew what he meant. The team knew what he meant, but apparently he didn't mean that. Right. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Huh? Okay. He didn't mean that? It's over, Johnny. That's from Todd Bowles. Saying that he meant mm. something else by saying that they uh, they weren't prepared for Baker Mayfield. Oh no, they meant something else. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> Not a good look for Todd Bowles. How about some quick okay. injury news okay. in the NFL? Great, thanks. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Thanks. Oh, yes. oh, oh no, I meant the the uh, the drop. I didn't know if there was another one that we had. No, apparently not. Uh, Bills okay. running back Lashawn McCoy on track from his rib injury. Jaguars running back Leonard Fournette returning from his hamstring injury. While Giants tenant Evan Ingram out two to four weeks with a sprained knee. Joey Bosa could be out until week eight or nine for the Chargers because of huh. his foot injury. Yeah, the Joey Bosa thing seems huge for the Chargers in the conversation of best defensive lineman bust. Best rush ends in football, and they're just they're just not the same without him. Now, look, they get they get the benefit of the San Francisco 49ers without Jimmy G at home. They get the so far winless Raiders at home, although that's usually a road game when they when the Raiders come to Carson, they beat them there last year. If you can win the next two at home before you get the Browns on the road, the Titans at home, and the Seahawks on the road, like that they don't have a crazy, crazy difficult schedule. Raiders in the road, Cardinals at home. Uh, they they need to only lose one more game before they get Joey Bosa back. With the, with the schedule that they have and the talent that they have, no excuse for them winning, losing more games. Two. Arizona State head coach Herman Edwards says the team's turnover barbell won't continue, saying, quote, not on my watch. Yeah, you have the turnover chain, you have the turnover thrown, turnover backpack. Have you seen Oregon State? Uh, did they commit any turnovers? Uh, for they any? have the turnover um, just... chainsaw. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yes, that's right. That's right. You Turnover play to win the game. Uh, Edward said that he noticed Chase Lucas doing curls after their interception against Washington this past week. Didn't have time to think about was, it. I thought it was awesome. That's pretty cool. <laughs> he wanted to find out how they got, got it on the plane, but said he couldn't deal with it then because they had just gotten the ball on the turnover and had to – Worry about what was happening with the offense, but turnover barbell may be a one-and-done for Arizona State. Yeah. Oh, man, come on, Herm. <laughs> I, I know. They should have a Nautilus on the side, and the turnover Nautilus, you could do that. Um, how about, turnover thrown, pretty cool. You seen the turnover thrown? Yeah, that's yes. A mm-hmm. uh, uh, Boise State, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Timberwolves head coach Tom Thibodeau told CBS Sports they will honor Jimmy Butler's trade request, but they have to look for a deal that's best for them. Butler's agent told the Wolves' front office his client pr- would preferably be want to be traded to the Miami Heat. He'd like to go to Miami, you know? You want to talk about going doing the Andy Dufresne, going from a winner in, my, winner in Minnesota to a and winner, winner in Chicago and winner in Milwaukee. That's where he's had his winners since college. Yeah, that's that's the Andy Dufresne of the NBA, winner in Miami. He should say, "I want to go to Atlanta, Memphis, and Charlotte," and then, and so there's then there would be no chance those teams wouldn't have leverage to to give up anything, and then you wouldn't have to worry about being traded to any yeah, bad team. Uh, finally, Doug. The Red Sox routed the Orioles 19-3 in game one of a doubleheader. J.D. Martinez home run number 42. Boston now up 61 and a half games on the Orioles for first place in the AL East. Yeah, 61 and a half games separate the O's and Red Sox. It was Baltimore's 112th loss today. That's a franchise record. Another new franchise record. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Wow, 61 and a half games. 
18 and 62 on the road. They've been outscored by 276 runs. The Marlins are the closest to them with 219 run run differential. That's amazing. And the Red Sox have outscored their opponents by 236 runs. Red Sox at 107, which will not set the all-time mark. That, of course, held by two teams. The most recent being that Seattle Mariners team that lost to the Yankees. Unhappy Gronk's little brother who missed a block and cost Tony Romo a year. That's what we're down to. Take the Vikings and the points tomorrow. It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 